Warning, Monkey's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely f- ignored. <laughs> Doing right, doing wrong Parents pissed off every time I write a song Smoke crack, worship Satan, what the fuck is that? It's something funny, made for you to laugh at You're destroying America with your rap You're so full of shit, I need to call hazmat The only way I would ever apologize Is if I had my face buried in your sister's thighs Okay, I'm sorry for what it's worth But the best part of you was the afterbirth If you can't take a fucking joke Then go jump in the river Nah, 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 nah And I fucked your sister You can't take a fucking joke Then go jump in the river Man, Oshevitz, the show just doesn't seem right without that song at the beginning of it, man. All right. Decided to change the music here a little bit. It's still Psych Ward. It's just not Psycho America 8100 anymore. It's 9 o'clock and it's getting dark. If that ain't the whitest white man dance, I don't know what is, man. <laughs> Woo! Happy to be back. Happy to be back in this version of the Asylum. Last week's audio-only version of the Asylum. Thank you, Facebook. I really enjoyed the time out. We'll get into that in just a second. Welcome in, everybody. We are back here live on Redline Radio, LLC. Happy to be back. And, you know, let's just get it off my chest now, right? I mean, let, let's just let's just open the wound. Let me just do another shoot promo against these guys, man. You know, I'm not going to get into what actually happened, because if you want to hear that, you can check out the audio-only version of the show. I just told everybody where they can find it. Just look for the crimes of Meta. That's what I named the episode. We will get into this week's topic, the cult next door, in just a few moments here. But, you know, I mean, last week it was a little bit of a blow, man. You know, like, I did, I, I felt, and everybody that I talked to felt like I did nothing wrong. That I was just a victim of, yet again, Facebook's crazy-ass algorithms just doing whatever the fuck they want, right? You know, and I was I was discouraged, man. Like, I, I was just sitting around, not going to do a show. Not going to do it. Nope. Not going to. Facebook is not going to. No. No. I'm not going to do. No. No show. And then all of a sudden, I was talking to a friend at work. And I'm just like, man, you know, like, I really don't want this thing with Facebook blocking me to stop me from being able to do my show. And they're like, well, you can't do video, but you can do audio. 
Ding, ding, ding. And we thought it was a perfect white trash song. I totally forgot about that. I can do one. But I wanted to save this topic for this week. I wanted I wanted to be able to do this topic when I was back doing video. So I'm like, what can I do? And it's like I knew I had to shoot back at Facebook, right? I knew I had to be able to get my feelings about what happened off my chest. Or else it was just going to bug me. So, lo and behold, the news story gods rained down on me when I was at lunch. And they put out a story about something going on in Instagram. I'd rather not, Mr. Sick. And I'm just like, okay, we can use that to our advantage. We can, we can, we can use that. We can use what just came out in the news about um, Meta, the parent company of both Instagram and Facebook, and Instagram to our advantage. And that's exactly what I did. So not only did I get to go on the air, I wasn't live, but I was able to go on the air, get my feelings out about being banned, but I was also able to shoot back at Facebook, but I was also able to stick it to Facebook at the same time, because then now I'm exposing things that they've done in the past that make them look just as guilty as anything I might have posted. And again, like, it's not even that what I posted was even all that bad. It's just that I fit an algorithm. And I completely understand that. They were using that algorithm. They used that algorithm to try to keep people safe. And I get that. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm about to go live for two hours and talk about those exact topics. So why is it okay for me to do it when I'm live, but I can't do it other ways? You know, and, and, I'm, and I'm not even live. This is pre-recorded. You see it right there. Right there. Recorded in Spook Central. But you're going to block me for, for using words. You know, when I was growing up, there was a, a great saying that, that went around, and, and trust me, all the kids at the playground love just talking about it, but that saying goes, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And now all of a sudden it's just like, Ow! Ow! You called me, you called me a name! That hurt! I'm telling my mommy! But then not only do you tell your mommy, but you tell the entire fucking world because you go on Facebook, you go on Instagram, you go on Twitter, you go on, on all these different places, and you tell the world, that person said something I don't like. So now nobody's allowed to like it. Because I'm an entitled little fucking brat. And what I, you know... <laughs> And the crazy thing is, like, what I said, it really has nothing to do with that. But it, but it all falls under the same scope, right? All I did was say, I'm going to talk about this, this cult. And when you hear the way that this organization runs, there's no way in hell anybody can call it a church. It is cult 
by definition with the way that they treat their members. But on top of that, what they're accused of in a lot of ways is fucking criminal. But because I mentioned the things that they were being accused of, it got me blocked. So I guess you can say that last week's impromptu audio episode where I talk about the crimes of Facebook and Instagram's parent company, Meta, ties into this one. So I guess the fates and everything else worked out so that I was able to expose them and then swing it back and be whoops, be able to talk about what I wanted to talk about originally. So thanks, I guess, to Facebook. Awesome. Uh, real quick here, and then we'll get into the cult next door. We only got two more weeks of being pre-recorded here on Money's Crazy Mind, and then after July 7th, we will be able to start going live again every Friday night from the Growing Wings Adult Services Studios over in Berea. And, of course, Growing Wings Adult Services has over seven years of experience of helping adults with disabilities. Uh, for more information on how Growing Wings and their team can help your family, you can reach out to Lisa Summers, the owner of Growing Wings Adult Services, at 234 334 Four seven, and you know I I I know I say it all the time. I used to work with those guys down there at Growing Wings. I, I was down there for a little bit, helping some of those guys not only live out some of their musical dreams, but also helping some of them work, live out their podcasting dreams. It was rewarding. It was fun, you know. But I ended up with some uh, automobile issues and was unable to make it back out there. Uh, when I wanted to. And I think what I'm going to do now is uh, once I'm able to get back on my feet and everything, you know, we're still kind of picking up the pieces from that because I was without a car for three months. Uh, I might try to go down there at least one day a week and help those guys back out, man. Because, like, I miss seeing everybody down there at Growing Wings. And um, also, uh, got to extend a little bit of uh, thoughts and uh, good vibes down to everybody at Growing Wings. Uh, one of their uh, one of their members had a loss in their family recently, and it was very tragic. And um, you know, I, I'm thinking about all those people down there that are that are dealing with it right now. So um, you know, from all of us here at Redline Radio and all of us here in the asylum. Um, you know, we extend our thoughts and, and good vibes and everything to the folks down at Growing Wings Adult Services. So, um, yeah. You know, so obviously, <clears throat> as I was saying before, um, I want to do something a little bit uh, special for that first return episode to the Growing Wings Adult Services. You stay over there. I'm not who you're looking for. 
And I, I don't want to become one of you. So, goodbye. I said goodbye. Right. So you're one of those versions of you guys then, huh? Just going to fucking ignore me and then try to sneak up on me, right? Just remember, you're on candy camera, pal. Bitch. You know, can I just go one week where I don't have to deal with that kind of shit, man? Like, like I mean, la- you know, past couple weeks I had Muncher running around in here. Uh, I think that Class 5 full roaming vapor that the Ghostbusters took care of out of the Sedgwick was roaming around here last week. Had those damn mini puffs. Look, 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 look. I took care of those motherfuckers. Look, I burned the shit out of them, right? Now they're rock hard. Ha ha. I I just want to get... It's bad enough that I'm in this creepy-ass room, right? Now I got to deal with Cybermen. You know, we had a Dalek running around in here a couple weeks ago. We had the mini puffs. We, you know, Muncher, you know, the green ghost from the Sedgwick. I mean, it's bad enough that that Nurse Ratchet refuses to clean this place up and get me into a new fucking room. Like, I mean, this room is bad, right? Like, I don't know if that's ink on the walls i don't know if it's blood i don't i I don't know what this crap is but i mm, mm, mm. I mean look i mean it says rest in peace man i can't rest in peace in this room like come on then i got this douchebag running around like come on man like we we gotta do better nurse ratchet gotta do better all right well let's get into this right um oh uh real quick about the the moving back thing so um, working on something special for that. I'm, I'm trying to see what we can do about doing something special for that. Um, and as you guys saw last Sunday, I've taken over the men's health summits here at Redline Radio LLC. I'm very proud and honored to have, to have the honor of doing that. Um, that was something that Lex Vegas and I spoke about in great length over a couple of weeks. And he's just like, you know, I, I think if, if it's not me at Redline Radio, I want it to be you. And, you know, so I'm, I'm glad that Lex, you know, thought of me in that way. Uh, he just had one one request, and that one request was that we include Josh, since this was Josh's idea. I have no problem including Josh in this. Um, the feedback that I've been hearing from that first one that I, w- that I was in charge of was very, very good. And obviously, from here on out, the Men's Health Summit is going to be getting better and better each and every time we do it. We're thinking about coming back in August. We're going to try to keep it like every two months for right now. And then we'll see if we can get it enough to where we can start doing it monthly. The other thing that came out of this past Sunday's Men's Health Summit is a new name. Uh, And it came out of a conversation that Josh and I were having at the end of the show. It is included in the episode, but um, uh, it kind of just talks about the way that this thing spawned, and it's going to be called The Car Ride. Uh, we will talk about that in more detail when the next Men's Health Summit um, airs, like I said, sometime in August. So that's just a little bit about what we got coming up here in the Asylum and at Redline Radio LLC, and then obviously we do have some events that are going to be coming up. Uh, We will talk about all of those throughout the course of this broadcast. 
as well. Uh, so we mentioned Growing Wings Adult Services. Obviously, the official merchandise provider of Redline Radio LLC is Incredible Keepsakes. You see it whenever I wear them. My Money's Crazy Mind t-shirt. Uh, the Redline Radio hoodies that you see all of our guys wearing. The Redline Radio t-shirts that you see our guys wearing. Uh, the Loud and Local gear. Uh, Lex Vegas show gear. Um, pretty much anybody that that wants their own licensed gear for redline radio gets it at incredible keepsakes and incredible keepsakes does more than just the great t-shirts that you see all of us wearing they do binders they do mouse pads they do etched metal cups those cups that you see dave and i use during steel city renegades all that all of that we get at incredible keepsakes so if incredible keepsakes can help you make your vision possible reach out to mike and diane today incrediblekeepsakes.com and you can see all of their great things there put in your order today they're also the official merchandise provider of well i was going to say redline radio but i think i already said that right i don't know uh but there are some exclusive sponsors here for money's crazy mind and, and of course i got to take time now to re- to thank all of them as well you see their logo right there psych ward one of the official music providers of redline uh, of money's crazy mind which is this show they don't they don't um you know and i'm always grateful uh to mr sick debo crazy and the carousel of third members that they've had over the years just too many to mention you know and obviously rest in peace damien uh but of course my guy riley chase over at tattoo therapy inc and the eerie art gallery riley's the guy that does all of money's crazy inc uh, you can check them out in the Greenbrier Shopping Center in uh, Parma Heights. I don't know why I almost said Turning Town. That's in Garfield Heights. Um, and, you know, we've got a ton of great sponsors here at Redline Radio. We will get into them as the show continues. Uh, but here we go, guys. Like, so what do I mean when I say the cult next door, right? So we've all heard of the Duggar family. We all know the TV show that they were on. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 kids and counting, I think is when they finally stopped making that show, or maybe it was 21 kids and counting. Um, you know, we all, we all heard of them and how they were this great Christian based value family and everything like that. And then as the show was going on and as, uh, uh, the father, I can't remember his name. I know it's, it, it's a two name thing. Kind of like, uh, Billy Joe from uh, Green Day, Uh, Billy Bob, you know, the actor, Billy Bob Thornton. You know, it's one of them crazy weird names. I actually think it's Jim Bill or Jim Bob or something like that. Um, Duggar was getting back into politics and things like that. Uh, It kind of came out that Josh Duggar, one of the oldest of the kids, uh, had sexually assaulted some of his sisters and a few other women as well or girls as it turned out because they were all under age when it happened and it came out that the duggar family had reached out to their religious-based organization to kind of help them take care of it that it wasn't a legal problem it was a god problem so of course as some of these organizations do that are a little sketchy they just swept it under the rug and made it disappear go go bye bye As a result of that, it came out that there were other members of this particular religious organization that were just as guilty as Josh Duggar, if not more guilty. 
So as I stated before I got banned on Facebook for, you know, the amount of time I was banned on Facebook, this is not a story about the Duggars. This is a story about the religious organization that the Duggars belong to, or as Chicago Magazine likes to refer to them, the cult next door. For decades, the people of Hinsdale gave little thought to a mysterious brick building in town. Then came a scandal. This was written by Brian Smith in 2016. We're going to go through this article, and then I will talk a little bit about the history of this organization and also some of the scandals and things like that then that they belong or that they're being linked to and then we also have an interview from the New York Post with one of the former members of this particular organization that are no longer part of the organization so a lot to get to in a little bit of time so let's dive right in to the story of the cult next door the Institute in Basic Life Principles. The building, red-bricked, colonnaded, crowned with a white cupola, sits on a grassy knoll in northwest Hinsdale. Unmarked, unremarkable. It barely registers as anything more than a garden-variety administrative headquarters of unknown providence. That isn't to say that the decades-old property situated on 223 acres in the Shangri-La of a western suburb of multi-million dollar estates and country club splendor has escaped notice over the years. The sight of teenage girls walking arm-in-arm in in a nearby park identically dressed in chaste ankle-length skirts red scarves knotted around their necks, and modest Mary Janes, and of teen boys seemingly stamped out of a wonder-bred assembly line, always in dark suits, white shirts, and ties, drew the occasional stare. Now, when you hear that first paragraph, right, you don't hear really anything wrong with that except for maybe this weird image of teenagers being dressed in a way that, especially in 2016, teenagers just wouldn't be dressed, right? And that's when you start to be like, is they Amish? Are they Mennonites? What do we got going on here? Now, let me let me just say something. Like I, I've I've worked in areas where the Mennonite community is actually very prominent. What I just described doesn't necessarily talk about what Mennonite culture looks like. Mennonites are not as strict in some things as these people are. And on top of that, there's always that time in the Mennonite community and in the Amish community where the teenagers are given the opportunity to go to town on the weekends, dress as normal people, and live a normal life. And it's then that they get to make the choice whether or not they want to continue to live their life in the Mennonite and Amish communities, or they have the opportunity to sit there and say, mm, this life ain't for me. I want, I want a piece of that. And then they're, they're given the opportunity to leave the Mennonite community. 
quote, everyone kind of thought it was very strange. Like, what do they really do there? Uh, says one longtime Hinsdale resident, they always seem very secretive. Then in 2014 came a scandal. Some of those same red-scarfed girls accused Bill Gothard, the charismatic leader of the Institute in Basic Life Principles, an ultra-conservative Christian organization operating out of that Hinsdale building, of inappropriately touching them. Gothard stepped down after an internal probe, but since then, 18 former staffers, interns, and volunteers have joined in a lawsuit accusing him of sexually, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and or psychologically abusing them. In many cases, the plaintiffs were underage at the time and had been recruited to work for the organization by Gothard himself. The suit also takes on the IBLP accusing it of intentionally, or I'm sorry, initially, covering up Gothard's actions, which the plaintiffs claim took place over the course of several decades. Whatever the outcome of the case, the shroud of anonymity that once served as a kind of shield for IBLP against unwanted attention has been ripped away. The organization has even tried to make a fresh start by leaving Hinsdale and moving its headquarters to Texas. These days, as more becomes known about Gothard, of what the lawsuit alleges, and his almost despotic control over his adherence and the puritanical, idiosyncratic way of life he prescribed for them, Shaken Hinsdale residents regard the benign-looking, if somewhat abstruse, manner down the street, not as just another religious institution, but as an organization with a disquieting appellation. The cult in their mists. So let's take a look at the history and some of what the Institute in Basic Life Principles or is about. It's a non-denominational Christian organization that serves as an umbrella organization for several ministries established by American Christian minister Bill Gothard in 1961. The stated purpose of the organization is to provide instruction on how to find success in life by following biblical principles. Well, what do you mean biblical? This involves programs that include seminars for ministry, community outreach, troubled youth mentoring, and an international ministry. Children are expected to be homeschooled, to always obey their fathers, and adhere strictly to IBLP's interpretations of biblical scripture. The IBLP has been alleged by some to be a cult. And as we dive deep in, deeper into what the IBLP does, you're going to hear a lot that's going to sound like Scientology, the Branch Davidians, Heaven's Gate. You know, a lot of these actual 
organizations that have been revealed to be cults over the decades, you're going to hear a lot of similarities to them. Uh, it was originally organized in 1961 under the name of Campus Teams. The organization changed its name to Institute in Basic Youth Conflicts, IBYC, in 1974, consistent with the title of its founder's seminar title, and adopted its current name in 1989 to reflect its expansion beyond the seminars. IBLP started promoting basic youth conflict seminars in areas around the United States and other nations, which, according to its own history, during the 70s, had attendances of up to 20,000 persons. In 1979, the IBLP bought a Learjet. Yeah, because, you know, churches need to be fucking styling and profiling like Ric Flair, right? In 2006, IBLP was reported to earn $63 million, the equivalent to $91 million in 2022 standards annually. And that's U.S. dollars. In 2008, rise to celebrity of one group follower, the Duggar family, through the TLC series 17 Kids and Counting, brought a new wave of interest in the organization and its teachings. From 2009 to 2012, the Institute and Basic Life Principles began a steady decline, losing money, assets, and greatly decreasing the number of annual seminars it conducted, while the public became increasingly aware of controversy more specifically, allegations of sexual misconduct associated with the IBLP. Controversy led Gothard to resigning in 2014, though not admitting to anything more than a violation of trust. The following year, according to Chicago Magazine, IBLP relocated its headquarters to Texas. So let's go back to a couple of things here, right? Um, Bill Gothard, uh, even before he started the IBLP, was doing youth ministries and things like that. His father is another evangelical minister that is on television and things of that nature as well. So he was kind of born into this. Very similar, if you think of it, to David Koresh, the way he kind of just fell into becoming the leader of the Branch Davidians. Gothard doesn't claim to be the next coming of Jesus Christ, but uh, very similar in the fact that uh, Koresh you know, kind of suckered his way into becoming the leader of the Branch Davidians. Uh, in the world beyond IPL, uh, IBLP's doors in 2014, news that Gothard had resigned caused uh, scarcely more than a ripple. Other than the tight circle of those who track fundamentalist Christian groups, that changed last year after an even bigger scandal one involving TLC reality show star Josh Duggar. That May, it was revealed that the, that the then 27-year-old Duggar, darling of the Christian right, as head of the Family Research Council's Political Action Committee, had as a teen molested five girls, including four of his sisters. 
Of the many, many unsettling details to emerge, one put IBLP squarely in the spotlight. When Duggar's parents discovered the teenager's transgressions, they sent him not to a traditional treatment center, but to an IBLP facility in Little Rock, Arkansas. The Duggars have been involved with IBLP for nearly a quarter of a century. Specifically, the family belonged to IBLP's homeschooling arm, the Advanced Training Institute. Suddenly, a keen interest developed in the brick building in Hinsdale. Just what exactly was that place? And what was going on there? I think that the community at large didn't even realize that it was there, said Don Vanoit, president of Midwest Christian Outreach, an evangelical group based in Wonder Lake, Illinois, that investigates cults and spiritually oppressive groups. Unless you have some sort of direct interaction with someone there, you're not going to think very much about it. On IBLP's website, the nonprofit organization describes itself as dedicated to giving individuals, families, churches, schools, communities, governments, and businesses clear instruction and training on how to find success by following God's principles found in Scripture. The group pushes an authoritarian Patriarchal, patriarchal theology conceived, developed, and thundered from the pulpit by Gothard over the years. The approach has resonated with conservative evangelicals to the tune of millions of followers, most of whom have become involved with the organization through seminars put on by Gothard around the country. On its website, IBLP boasts that 2.5 million people have attended such events over its five-plus decades. Many of its, of its adherents have enlisted their children in the homeschooling program, serviced by more than a dozen ATI centers sprinkled around the nation and abroad, including Hinsdale. IBLP supporters over the years, many of whom continue to defend it, include such high-profile conservative stalwarts as Mike Huckabee, Sarah Palin, and Rick Perry. We'll get into more of IBLP's big-name supporters a little bit later on. So that paragraph talked about some of the programs and things like that that IBLP is uh, involved in. So let's talk about some of those programs. In addition to adherence to Bible and Christian ideals, the IBLP considers men, in particular the patriarch of a family, to be superior, whereas women expected, uh, are expected to obey men in every way. This includes in the home, school, workplace, and marriage. Women are raised to learn how to become good wives and mothers, and to birth and raise children for the IBLP men chosen by the women's fathers to be their husbands. Couples are matched after a complex courtship overseen by both sets of parents. Women are not allowed to date or flirt, and in all attempts at flirting, as well as wearing makeup, perfume, nail polish, and high heels, are seen as lustful. Women are also discouraged from attaining higher education. Some of Gothard's personal secretaries were allowed to wear red nail polish and heels. 
The consumption of media, such as television, movies, most music, and the internet is not allowed, though non-contemporary Christian music is accepted. All music which, fe which features syncopation is banned. Dancing is not allowed, and the consumption of alcohol is also banned. Women are expected to wear ankle-length dresses and to never cut their hair. The presence of text printed onto dresses is not allowed as it is thought to bring attention to the body. Men are expected to wear dark suits and white shirts. Blue jeans are seen as ungodly, and men are also expected to be circumcised as being uncircumcised is seen as being unpure. Children are homeschooled and do not leave the complex, if at all, and, and do not often leave the complex, if at all. Sexual education is not part of IBLP teachings, leading some children and teens to not understand what sexual assault is. And the practice of not teaching sexual education has been criticized by adults who have since left the IBLP and struggle with relationships. The Bible is read daily, and everyone is expected to spend time meditating on its messages. Children are taught to obey God's messages and the rules of their fathers. And that violation leads to bad consequences, such as con contracting a cold. According to Chicago Magazine, real-world consequences at IBLP include scoldings, intense counselings, demotions, and even being kicked out altogether. Cabbage patch dolls. Are forever are forbidden. IBLP endure, endorsed the teachings of Michael and Debbie Pearl on physical discipline. Um, to Train Up a Child is a controversial 1994 book written by Michael and Debbie Pearl, published through their nonprofit organization, No Greater Joy Ministries. The book gives introspective details on how to raise a child in love and reverence towards one another and how to properly instill discipline and training. However, the parenting strategies are controversial and they could constitute child abuse. Maybe we'll get more into that a little bit later on. Paragraph's a little long on what that exactly means with the controversy and all that. So. Uh, but teachings on marriage, IBLP's curriculum focuses heavily on role on the roles and responsibility of men and women with a marriage covenant. A husband's authority over his wife is God given, and is his wife's non and is his wife's non negotiable duty to submit to him. She must respect his position regardless of deficiencies. Within marriage, IBLP. P teaches that God grants spouses full access to each other's bodies for sexual gratification and warns against resistance of indifference to a husband's need for physical intimacy. Wives and children are often are occasionally referenced as goods belonging to the husband, which may be subjected to torment by Satan himself. Should the husband remove the home's spiritual protection by harboring unconfessed sins? 
A married woman should not seek financial independence, take matters into her own hands, resist her husband's physical affection, or ask for outside counsel without her husband's permission. Inwardly, married women are admonished to nourish to nurture a meek and quiet spirit while outwardly maintaining beauty, remaining well-groomed, and striving to dress to please their husbands. I don't know about you, man, but those ankle-leg skirts, mm, they just do something for me. I'm kidding. Obviously, I'm kidding. The basic seminar is the organization's introductory program. In 2020, the organization claimed that more than 2.5 million people had taken the basic seminar. The basic seminar was endorsed by Mike Huckabee. So that's how they get you through the door. And maybe that's not even all that bad. I don't know. I, I, they don't really give information as to what is in some of these seminars. But the Advanced Training Institute, uh, the IBLP's homeschool curriculum, according to the church, the curriculum is based on the Sermon of the Mount. Curriculum is composed of four, 54 pamphlets called Wisdom Booklets. ATI began operations in 1984. Alert! The Air Land Emergency Rescue Team is a training program for young men. So let's get back to the cult next door. The lawsuit, however, alleges a less heavenly place for the plaintiffs, who worked at the Hinsdale headquarters at its peak in the 90s and early 2000s. The IBLP had 200 to 300 staffers there, living several at a time in nearby houses, houses or a dormitory-style apartment building in the or- that the organization owned. Gothard, the lawsuit contends, acted as the boss, the landlord, and the controller of all aspects of their lives. He kept his victims blamed, shamed, silent, compliant the lawsuit alleges, and cut off from the normal world entirely. Gothard's attorney wouldn't comment on on specific allegations in the lawsuit, but did say this is about an underlying agenda. A lawyer for the IBLP declined to be interviewed for this story. The defendants are seeking to have the suit dismissed on technical grounds, primarily that the statute of limitations on the allegations is passed. You never think you're in a cult when you're in a cult. Micah J. Murray, who was a student in the ATI program and later worked for IBLP in the mid-2000s, wrote on his website, We talked about how it was a cult, joking at first, but as I spiraled closer and closer to the center, the realization began to sink in. The jokes became real. You know, and that's kind of how it starts, right? I mean, you know, the Branch Davidians never thought that they were really a cult. Obviously, Heaven's Gate never thought that they were a cult. Jim Jones and his church never thought they were a cult. But what's the similarity between all of those organizations? They all ended the exact same way. Same thing with Manson. The Manson children at Spawn Ranch could be considered a cult because of the way that they were kind of together as well. 
The difference here is, is that this organization has anonymity to a lot of those handlings that the Branch Davidians, Heaven's Gate, Jim Jones, all those organizations have because they have the anonymity of being already labeled as a 501c nonprofit organization. But even more than that, the fact that they are listed as a Christian-based religion. The seeds of Gothard's rise to power were sown not far from where he would build and rule his empire. He was born in Hinsdale. In fact, the son of William Gothard Sr., executive director at Gideon's International, the evangelical ministry known for leaving Bibles in hotel rooms. The third of six children, Gothard was, by his teenage years, deeply religious. According to his bio on the IBLP website, he began working with inner-city gangs in Chicago and families in crisis to help them make wise choices. The organization that would become the IBLP derived from a master's thesis Gothard wrote in 1961 while at Wheaton College. Gothard set up a program called Campus Teams, run out of his LaGrange home for resolving conflicts between teens and their families. In 1974, the fledgling organization changed its name to the Institute in Basic Youth Conflicts. In the years that followed, it would expand far beyond teen issues, promoting yet another name change to the Institute in Basic Life Principles in 1989. According to the lawsuit, IBLP developed an extravagantly detailed purity culture that provided guidelines on marriage, women, children, medicine, and ways to take back and fix the nation. Its philosophy included, included everything from the general, what children should study from kindergarten through high school, to the granular, exactly how men and women should dress, style their hair, and comport themselves to avoid attracting sinful attention. ATI's homeschooling curriculum consisted of 54 wisdom booklets which teach subjects including geology or geography, I'm sorry, math, science, law, and government, trying tying each lesson to Gothard's interpretation of a corresponding biblical passage. So let's think about that right there, right? I mean, you see here that they they're, they're teaching geography, you know, you gotta know where the fuck you're going. Math, you gotta be able to to know how to swindle people out of their money and how much change to give them back. Science. What kind of science are we, are we teaching here? Are we teaching the same kind of science that some of these other Christian organizations are teaching people that science basically doesn't exist? What kind of science are we teaching? Law. Now that's Gothard's interpretation of law. That's dangerous in and of itself. And government. Again, Gothard's interpretation of what the government should be. Not necessarily what the government is. That's all very dangerous. But the one thing that has, that, that has me, and I'm going to say this right now, is tying each lesson to Gothard's interpretation of a corresponding Bible passage. Go back and watch any documentary about Waco. And you will see that David Koresh was doing this exact same thing. 
He would go through, he would read the Bible passages, and then he'd sit there and say, this is why we do these things, because this is what this part of the Bible tells us. And it's his interpretation of that. There's a lot of my problem with a lot of these organized, standardized religions. You can go to any Catholic church on any Sunday, and you can hear the gospel according to whoever they're talking about that week. But then on top of that, you're also hearing a story from the the priest that is announcing that gospel to you. But it's his interpretation of what that particular gospel story is saying. So whose will are you actually living by? The man upstairs or the man on the pulpit? It's kind of an important question to ask if you think about it. Virtually all of IBLP's teachings are viewed through the prism of male superiority and female obedience. In marriage, for example, the husband is the undisputed leader of the family and his word is final. Elsewhere, women defer to men in almost every circumstance, on almost every level, including the workplace. This belief system, the lawsuit says, considers women to primarily exist for the purpose of producing children, caring for the men, and rearing the children. Females in the patriarchal movement are discouraged from attaining higher education of any kind and are told that their sole purpose is to marry a man within the movement. Okay. Here's also where I have a little bit of a problem with this, right? Men in the workplace, according to IBLP standards, are considered superior to everybody else that's there, right? So let's say you have a man that believes in this bullshit, that works for a company obviously outside of IBLP's reach, or is not an IBLP-sponsored company. And let's say that you are in a high level of power at that company. This poses a dangerous problem. Because no female that works in that building is ever going to get a fair treatment, is never going to get a fair shake at doing anything in that company. But then if you are a woman and you're a strong, independently willed woman, woman, like most are these days, you try confronting that particular man about it. And he's going to, is he able to turn off IBLP when he's at work? I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. And when he doesn't, and he's sister, and he's looking like, who the fuck are you to talk to me the way you do? Who the fuck are you that you think that you can come at me the way you are? I'm superior to you. Now that company is facing a massive sexual harassment lawsuit. Massive. But let's flip it, right? Let's say now you have a woman that is working there that believes in an IBLP standards. And the man is just a basically ordinary man, like like me, like some of the people, like most of the people watching this show. 
That man wants to give a woman a promotion because she's doing a great job. Is that woman allowed to accept it? Because then now she's becoming independently wealthy. Now she's doing the, you know, she's not doing the against her will thing. Is that what it was? I think that was in the other article. Matters into her own hands. That's what it was. You know, would that be considered taking a matter into your own hand by accepting that promotion? Do you see where I'm getting at with how this stuff can be dangerous for people that are outside of the realm of the IBLP? Those of us that are just trying to live our lives normally come in contact with somebody like this, that could cause an issue because here we are, we think we're being nice by maybe saying, oh, ma'am, you're very beautiful or whatever, and they're not allowed to look at it like that. Then they can go home and they can get in trouble with the, the other members of the IBLP and things of that nature because now they're accepting compliments that they probably shouldn't be accepting. Or at least in, in in the eyes of the IBLP, they shouldn't be accepting. I just realized that I'm still in this room. I, I think I'm kind of afraid to try to get past the um, Cyberman here. But you know, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Oops. We're going to use the uh, Great Money's Crazy Mind Transporter. So here we go. Hey, uh, the thing you're looking for is in the padded room down the hall. Hello. So you're just going to ignore me too? Okay, whatever. Um. I guess that was left here from last week. Maybe that's where the mini puffs are, so we're we're not going to bother that. Um, okay. But this this kind of behavior can turn out to be dangerous in outside interactions, like some of the things that I just mentioned. And what would happen? Let's say if somebody becomes attracted to somebody outside of the movement, be it man or woman. You know, let's say a man that's not IBLP becomes attracted to a woman that is IBLP because they work together. Now, that woman may not be able to have the kind of relationship that she feels that she deserves to have because of the of what her beliefs are. Now, I haven't heard how easy it is to leave the IBLP yet. We'll, we'll get into that, but obviously. But let's leave it there, right? Like, like let's, I want everybody to ponder on that a little bit while we're at break. Why is this all screwed up? And when we come back, more about the cult next door. Oh! <laughs> 
Oh wow, that sounds that sounds really great. Wow, that sounds like a really good deal. Who are you talking to? Uh, the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. Hello, Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. What are you wearing? Uh, khakis. Well, that sounds hideous. Well, they're Ghostbusters. All right, we are back. Our number duels of the Asylum of Money's crazy mind. Here we go. Here we go. Of course, Detroit Auto Parts is the official part store of Redline Radio and home of our original studio. They have two convenient locations on the east side. You can call 216-531-7373 or on the west side, 216-398-7373. Mention Redline Radio and get 10% off your purchase. Dynatech as testified by many of their satisfied customers. Their diamond saw blades are the fastest cutting and longest lasting. Customer satisfaction is how they measure success over at Dynatech. And their engineers are always available to help you troubleshoot and solve a problem on your job site. Dynatech is the only saw blade company recommended by the pavement marketing manufacturing industry located in O'Leary, Ohio. Dynatech is committed to being the top diamond saw blade company around the world. You can contact Dynatech today at 1-800-446-9001 or you can email them at at sales at Dynatech.com or visit their website Dynatech.com We already talked about Incredible Keepsakes well, let's say your house needs some work, right? Who are you going to call? Well, you're not going to call Ghostbusters. But you are going to call Wiggins Construction and Home Improvement. Bathrooms, kitchens, windows, doors, siding, and so much more, including radio stations. If you've been to radio station number two, the one in Nolaria, or I'm, I'm sorry, Berea, the Growing Wings and All Services Studios, you know. Will Wiggins and the team at, at, at Wiggins Construction put up that new wall, painted, did all kinds of great work over there. So resident, residential and commercial work is what Will and Wiggins Construction specializes in. You can call them today at 440-731-7654. Let them know Redline Radio sent you. They, they're doing an impromptu concert at the local... But they are the official band of Redline Radio, covering all your favorites from the 80s and the 90s. Bad Juju. If you need to book them today, you can contact Chad Moon, not Dan Cabasa, Chad Moon, at 440-458-0209. If your driveway is looking a little shady recently... Affordable Concrete Solutions is who we contact to get all of our concrete fixed up. You can call them today at 440-714-1987. You can go to their website, Affordable Concrete Solutions, LLC at gmail.com. Well, that's not their website. That's their email address. 
Who wrote this crap? But if you're interested in advertising with Redline Radio, you can get a hold of Dave at 440-503-0828. And for all of our programming information, check out Redline Radio LLC Cam or any of our social media. We got Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, LinkedIn. You want to take us on the go? It's broken right now. We're working on getting it fixed, but you can download our app at, in the Google Play Store. Just search Redline Radio LLC. And to listen to all of our great radio programming on our website, we have a, a player. You just press play, and it plays all the great music that we have over there. Lucy's Pub is where we like to go to wind down after a busy day of podcasting and making music shows. Located at 2218 Broadview Road. Michelle and staff at Lucy's are always committed to giving their guests the best experience. You can contact them at 216-675-0113. I think I got everybody. I think that's all of our sponsors, man. Look at that. That's professionalism right there. Before we went to break, I had everybody contemplate on some of the things that I was saying about some of these uh, things that the IBLP believes in, right? And I still think, I, I, you know, even after that break, I still feel the same way. I really do. But their strict, sometimes draconian moral codes find purchase in virtually all fundamentalist Christian groups. See, that's exactly what I said, is it not? In the case of the IBLP, however, some of the tenants seem downright bizarre. Cabbage Catch Piz kids are idle atrocious. Syncopated music is the antithesis of what God desires in life of a Christian. Blue jeans are ungodly. Circumcised men are morally purer than uncircumcised. And one IBLP article suggests that failing to render to the Lord can lead to miscarriage. Another, titled, How Our Eyelids Used for Seductive Purposes, rails against the whoredom of the female wink. Such an act by an attractive but immoral woman can be used to communicate lustful desires and sensual entrapments. Man, oh man. Men, when was the last time you went out on a blind date? And the way you knew that she was as randy as Austin Powers was she just went. I don't know, man. Gets me going. IBLP's other teachings could be straight out of Footloose. Rock music, even Christian rock is unthinkable. Dancing, of course, is out of the question. So too are television, movies, romantic novels, and drinking. Mm. I'll drink to that. Boys are not allowed to talk to girls in the lobby of the IBLP headquarters. Dating is forbidden. Instead, a boy and a girl whose fathers believe might make a good pair must follow a highly circumscribed courting ritual, every aspect of which is monitored by the parents. So, man, I mean, if you were a boy and a girl... 
First Cyberman, now Daleks. If you're a boy and a girl and you want to go see the new Flash movie, well, you ain't you ain't doing that, okay? Let's say you want to go out and have yourselves a nice little dinner. Well, you better make sure they ain't playing no damn music, that's for sure. You best make sure there's no fucking dancing. My God, it is footloose. But you better make sure that mommy and daddy come with you. That sounds like just the perfect fucking date to me. When it comes to appearance, girls in particular face a long list of rules. For instance, they must avoid an eye trap. That is anything that draws attention to their bodies. So it could be a necklace that shows anything under your collarbone. A necklace that was longer than 16 inches, explains Cheris Baker, one of the plaintiffs in the case who was involved with IBLP from 1986 to the year 2000. First as a child homeschooled under its tenants, then as a staffer. The lawsuit claims that Gothard, who holds no medical degree, provided therapeutic counseling according to his own whims. One of its most dramatic allegations involved a young woman on staff who asked for guidance on dealing with the emotional fallout of having been raped at the age of 11 by someone not in the organization. The suit alleges that Gothard discouraged the staffer from seeking outside psychological treatment. Quote, no, a professional counselor would ruin you and all your potential to serve the Lord. The lawsuit alleges Gothard told the woman, professional counselors do not allow, do not know how to work with abused girls. Only I do. David Koresh, anybody? I mean, do I need to keep showing these parallels or are we starting to see them? I mean, you can even look at this in some ways as Heaven's Gate, who were castrating their male members because sex was seen as a way to not get into the fucking mothership. And yes, that is what those people were going after, was a fucking spaceship that was apparently hidden in the tail of the Hale-Bop comet. I know I haven't done Heaven's Gate, and there's a reason I haven't. But I just might have to. Gothard decided not to report the rape to authorities based on the flip of a coin. The The claim suits. Uh, Gretchen Wilkinson, I almost said Gretchen Wilson, the country singer, but it's not her. Gretchen Wilkinson, a plaintiff in the suit who was an IBLP adherent as a youth, my perception of God was fire and brimstone. That if you stepped outside the line, you would go through what Sodom and Gomorrah went through. That God would rain his fire down on you. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies, rivers and seas boiling, 40 years of darkness, rivers, volcanoes, 
the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. See, Ghostbusters is the perfect movie. You can quote it in just about everything. Real world consequences at IBLP included scoldings, intense counseling, demotions, and even being kicked out altogether. Right? We, we kind of already said that, but we'll, re, we'll go over that little piece of information again. It's a culture of fear is what it is, said Vinat, who wrote a book about Gothard and the IBLP. If you follow these rules, you make God happy and thereby will be protected. If you violate the rules, then you will be punished. Your car will break down and your washing machine won't work and your kids will rebel. The charismatic leader and the charismatic leader, the authoritarian control, the isolation of members, the severe punishments, the demand for absolute and blind loyalty. All of these elements outlined in the lawsuit add up to IBLP being cult-like. He's, you think? Nonetheless, the strict approach found an enormous audience. Within a few years of his organization's founding, Gothard was packing 10 thousand conference a 10,000 seat conference centers and IBLP was ranking in the millions in revenue from seminar fees, book sales and donations. So that right there, exactly that sentence right there is the way that Scientology claims. They also make all of their money. And we've talked about those idiots in the in the past here on this very show. Got to be careful because I don't want them sending their little fucking people after me anymore. That was fun. In time, it would expand beyond homeschooling and seminars to a wide variety of programs, including its Air Land Emergency Rescue Team, which trains young men to, quote, aid in disaster relief, according to the organization's website. Training centers for various programs opened across the country in Alabama, Arizona, Indiana, Michigan, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas, and overseas in New Zealand and Romania. Gothard himself has led a modest life, at least on the surface. He's never been married, he drove a plain car, and in 1973 he claimed to take only a $600 a month in salary. But there were trappings of big money. In 1979, IBLP, which already owned a passenger turboprop, purchased a Learjet, which Gothard would use to fly to seminars and meetings. Mm, yeah, see, again, there we go. Ric Flair, styling and profiling, the limousine riding, suit wearing, Rolex wearing, kiss stealing, baby kissing, wheeling and dealing, Learjet flying. Woo! Bill Gothard, the man that runs the IBLP, man. IBLP poured some of its income into property. In addition to the headquarters campus in Hinsdale, it bought a building in neighboring Old Oak Brook. As the organization grew and staff increased in the 90s, it purchased several modest houses in Oak Brook and an apartment building there that it used as a 25-person dormitory. The expansion efforts weren't always welcome, and IBLP sought to add more buildings in Hinsdale and Oak Brook, including six office and maintenance buildings, 66 houses, 
and a 337-room hotel for visiting guests. Neighboring groups disturbed by Gothard's increasingly controversial national reputation filed suit to stop the proposed developments. Hmm, I like this quote. He's narcissistic! A resident told the Chicago Tribune in 1992. That was a little early. He thinks he's God! So maybe he does have the David Koresh syndrome. IBLP eventually dropped those plans. As for other dealings with Hinsdale, IBLP was tolerated as an odd but mostly non-threatening presence, says a former village official. They were never doing anything wrong, she says. The police were never called. At times, in fact, IBLP proved to be generous. Hinsdale officials accepted its offer to print the village newsletter free at the organization's printing facility. Few residents were aware of a 1980s sex scandal involving Gothard's brother that threatened to take the entire empire down. Steve got this. Okay, so here we go. Here's another member of the Gothard family that is involved in the exact same kind of allegations that Bill Gothard is being accused of. Not only Bill Gothard, but obviously Josh Duggar, who we've already spoken to about his shortcomings when it comes to that particular issue. So if Steve Gothard is involved in a sex scandal, why is it so far out of the realm of possibility that Bill Gothard, his brother, would be involved in in the exact same kind of situation? On top of that, we don't even know what Daddy and the Gideons were guilty of. Having, an aff- having affairs with female staffers at a 3,000-acre th- retreat center the group owned in Michigan. So there we go. See, this is even on IBLP property. The exact same way that these women are alleging that Bill Gothard did it. Bill Gothard was accused by other staffers of dragging his feet and reprimanding his sibling and was forced by the uh, organization's officials to step down. So they're they're Catholic churching this. You know, it's, it's just, no. Now go to that church over there. That's basically all they're doing here with this. He was reinstated after a few weeks, however, and emerged stronger and more in control than ever. From the first time I met Bill Gothard, he was very affixed on me. And that's from Gretchen Wilkinson shown. Oh, okay. And, you know, they they show a picture of this Gretchen Wilkinson, who's is a pretty, pretty, pretty girl. And she's 16 in this picture and does not look it. She looks much older. By the time Gretchen Wilkinson began working at IBLP's headquarters in the early 90s, the scandal had faded and Gothard stood as a towering, deeply revered figure. I was in awe of him, said Wilkinson, whose family adhered to his teachings. I was told by my parents that I was alive because of him, that they weren't going to have any more children, that they chose to follow God's principle and follow what Gothard laid down. And as a result, I was born. In short, she says, I was told I owed my life to Bill Gothard. 
whatever problems Gothard might have run into, whatever uh, whatever criticisms his rigid philosophy may have inspired, few would deny the force of his personality. With a high forehead and roundish face, he bears a resemblance to Dennis Hopper. Does it? Yes, he does. So if you know what Dennis Hopper looks like, the the bomber guy from Speed, that's kind of what he looks like. Maybe even uh, Bob Haskins in a way. He wore his hair dark, which has receded in his twilight years. He's now 81, or at least he was at the time of this. So that was 2016, so 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So he's now 88. Uh, Parted and was almost always uh, never seen in anything other than a dark suit. So worshipped was he that one plaintiff likened him to the Pope. Wilkinson first encountered Gothard at a seminary in Knoxville, Tennessee in 1992. She was 16. Uh, I remember he held my hand and wouldn't let go looking me in the eyes and telling me how my eyes were my soul and that I just had a beautiful smile. Yeah, that's not grooming. He implored her to come work with him at the headquarters in Hinsdale. He wanted me to leave with him right then, she said. To her, it was an unfathomable offer and an honor. The fact that he would pick out one little minion to be graced with his presence was huge. Her parents balked at first, she says, but within a week flew her to Chicago to join the IBLP staff. Rachel Frost tells a similar story. She was to perform at an event in Knoxville with the IBLP's orchestra and was searching for her flute when Gothard introduced himself. He just came up to me, tapped me on the shoulder, Gave me a once-over, Frost recalls. She was thrilled to find herself in his presence. It was something you dreamed about. Meeting Bill Gothard in the flesh. It was like the President of the United States tapping you on the shoulder. You don't expect it. In our world, the conservative, homeschooled world, he was everything. There were hundreds of people there waiting to touch the hem of his garment. She said Gothard asked her if if she had ever considered working for the IBLP. She would love to, she told him, but was only 15. Gothard was not dissuaded. He approached her parents. He was like, I need her in Hinsdale. Now, says Frost. Even they were taken aback, but they agreed. It was a huge thing for the whole family. Within weeks, she was on a plane. Gothard had offered to pay for the ticket, installed installed in an apartment, and given a job as one of his personal secretaries. Two years later, she was traveling with Gothard on international trips and had become a prominent face and voice in the IBLP marketing materials. 
Wilkinson likewise found herself singled out by Gothard for special treatment. She was invited by him to join a group he led that traveled to Australia and New Zealand. Some favorites were granted the unthinkable privilege of wearing red nail polish. Others were allowed to wear heels. It wasn't long, though, before both women and others like them began to reassess the man, the organization, and what they had gotten themselves into. For Frost, the moment came at a staff lunch. Having been invited by Gothard to sit at his table, she felt his foot nudge hers. She was mortified. I was thinking, oh, that was totally a mistake. It was my mistake, she recalls. Then the next few times, his foot would be going further up the calf. Mind you, as she said, she was only 15 when he invited her. So if this was just a few years later, she's only 17 years old. And, you know, Rachel Frost, again, is not a bad-looking girl. I wonder when that picture's from. Let me see if I can bring this up real quick. Doobie, 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 doobie. Let me add the microphone first so that you people can hear me. Okay. And then let's do this. Okay. There we go. Okay. Shkapa. So there she is. That's Rachel Frost. So like I said, you know, not not a fairly un- a bad looking girl. I'm not trying to be sexual in any way. But let's go a little bit further up here. And that is Gretchen Wilkinson. So Billy Boy has a type, as you can see. But that's Rachel Frost. I don't know when that picture was taken. It doesn't say here. Uh, but who's this? Oh, so that's Frost and Gothard on a ministry trip to Tapai in 1994. So that picture can't be too much further out than that. But I mean, you know, hearing what you hear about what these people wear, what she's wearing doesn't seem to fit that narrative in that picture. I didn't realize I was still in that room. Okay, there we go. All right. She felt... She felt shaken, she says, but couldn't bring herself to believe that Gothard had nefarious intentions, so she kept quiet about the incident. I felt I needed to protect his reputation because I know this is not probably what he means to do. And this is my evil mind thinking that this is something more. Should have stuck to your guns, girl. I've got to keep my legs back because maybe I am sending him signals, you know? Grooming. That is all signs of grooming right there. Another young staffer, Cheris Baker, who worked in Hinsdale from 1999 to 2000, recalls uneasy encounters with Gothard. He would invite me to sit at the head table every time we had a meal together, and then, if it was the evening, he would invite me to come back up to his office. He'd want me to sit on his couch with him, 
and he would ask me to confess sins and any relationships I'd had with boys, things like that. Well, wait a minute. Like, if you're, if you're not allowed to do those kinds of things until you're married, what relationships were you having there, little girl? Dining at Gothard's table, she said, uh, kept bumping his feet, so I would sit with my feet wrapped around the legs of the chair. But sitting on his office couch during one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions was more complicated. You couldn't get away from this because his foot kept coming up your legs. And that got really uncomfortable. Like many of the young girls recruited to work for IBLP in Hinsdale, Barker, whose parents enrolled her in the ATI homeschooling program when she was six, had grown up sheltered. I just remembered a massive amount of confusion after the Gothard encounters because my parents had kept us from any type of sexual knowledge at all. I only knew what sex was because I had read it in, in the encyclopedia. So, uh, are we going to skip over this? Is there more of this article? Yeah, we'll get to the scandals and stuff like that in a second here. I just want to finish this up. In Frost's case, the most disturbing incident came one night while she was riding in a car with Gothard. At one point, the lawsuit alleges he suddenly leaned forward and roughly grabbed almost all of her hair close to the nape of her neck in his fist and whispered through clenched teeth, I love your hair. Says Frost, I was just shocked to me that like, oh, okay, I can't explain this anyway anymore. I can't explain this away anymore. I remember being in this turmoil, wanting to talk about this with somebody because I totally felt like he crossed the line there. But you just don't talk against God's anointed, you know? In Wilkinson's case, the behavior escalated beyond foot rubbing and inappropriate conversation. One time she was alone in Gothard's office, the suit alleges, he placed his hands on her breasts and on her thigh up to her genitalia while she was clothed. The lawsuit described a similar experience for another young woman, uh, one who worked at the Hinsdale headquarters more recently in 2012. During a late-night Bible study session in Gothard's office, the suit alleged the IBLP leader rubbed the Stafford's thighs very close to her vaginal area. She was 15 at the time. The experiences of many of these young women lay dormant for years. Then in 2011, a group of IBLP and ATI alumni concerned about whispers that they'd been hearing created a website called Recovering Grace. The intention was for people to share information about how their lives had been negatively affected by the teaching of Gothard. In 2012, the site published Lizzie's Story, written by a woman who had worked at the Hindale headquarters as a 17-year-old. It described several instances during conference trips in which she felt Gothard had touched her inappropriately. The detail resonated with Wilkinson, now 40. She had struggled to heal emotionally after leaving IBLP. Her experiences there had affected virtually every aspect of her life, from her relationships with men and her own family to her self-esteem. 
She said twice. She said she twice twice tried to kill herself before getting help. When she read Lizzie's story and others that began popping up on Recovering Grace, she fell apart. Everything I had held together, it's like a damn, it's like the, a damn broke. Today, things are better for Wilkinson, a florist and mother of two in Virginia. I have been blessed with a very understanding, very supportive husband who has allowed me to grieve and live and to rant and to rave. He's allowed me to explore my belief, my non-belief, my hurts, and my pains. I still mourn what I've lost, but I also realize it doesn't define who I am now. Wilkinson posted her own story on the website, a tale that in turn had impacted on Frost. Now 39, a fitness instructor in Minnesota, Frost has tried to repress memories of her time at IBLP. Someone texted me, hey, have you seen this story? Do you know this girl? I read it and I bawled. It was almost like watching a movie. All these thoughts and all these memories and everything were just becoming so clear. With allegations surfacing, including a police report made by one accuser, IBLP initiated an internal investigation of Gothard in 2014, and he subsequently stepped down. The probe's conclusions, later published on IBLP's website, stated that no criminal activity has been discovered, but Gothard acted in an inappropriate manner. In the only public statement he has made about the allegations, Gothard acknowledged that he had crossed the boundaries of discretion and violated a trust. But he drew a line. I do want to state that I have never kissed a girl, nor have I touched a girl immorally or with sexual intent. In 2015, five women initiated the lawsuit against Gothard and IBLP, and since then, 13 others have joined as plaintiffs. Frost, Wilkinson, and Barker are among those suing. Lawyers for the women accused the organization of trying to cut and run by transferring operations to Big Sandy, Texas. IBLP calls the move a cost-saving measure. In most recent tax filings, it shows that the once-flush group spent nearly $5 million more than it took during 2014. See, the organization, though still worth an estimated $100 million, appears to be in a dramatic financial crisis due to declining donations, decreased sales, and high expenses. One loyal group of adherents, a West Virginia family with its own ministry, seemed unfazed. On its website, under the headline Texas Ho, the family wrote, While this brings a cheaper a chapter of IBLP's history to a close, the vision of introducing people to Jesus Christ and providing families, churches, businesses, and nations with biblical training on how to find true success in life remains unchanged. The Lord has worked mightily in the past, and we are excited about what he has in the future. On a recent afternoon at the building in Hinsdale, the future did not look exciting, more like abandoned. No girls in ankle-length skirts floated in and out or strolled in the nearby park. No boys in dark suits and crisp white shirts tended the gardens or climbed on shuttle buses to destinations unknown. The parking lot stood empty. The normally well-manicured lawn looked a little forlorn. 
and even the sign that had once provided the lone hint of what the building represented was gone. On this day, in this light, it was just another building. All right, let's get into some of these uh, scandals. A timeline of the Institute of Basic Life Principles. 1961. Based on his master's thesis at Wheaton College, Bill Gothard funds campus teams, a conflict resolution program for wayward youth and precursor to the IBLP out of his LaGrange home. 1974, the organization changed its name to the Institute on Basic Youth Conflicts. 1980, Gothard's brother Steve is dismissed from the organization after confessing to numerous affairs with staff secretaries. 1984, Gothard funds the Advanced Training Institute, a homeschooling program with curriculum based on the Sermon of the Mount. The, over, the overarching organization changed its name to the Institute in Basic Life Principles in 1989. The pre-famed Duggar family, later the stars of the TLC reality show 19 Kids and Counting, starts using ATI curriculum for homeschooling in 1992. July 2012, Recovering Grace, a website for people negatively affected by IBLP and Bill Gothard publishes Lizzie's story, a first-person account from a former staffer alleged sexual harassment. Eventually, the site's post the stories of more than 30 women with similar allegations. Uh, after IBLP started an internal probe, Gothard steps down. In a statement, he apologizes for, hold, for holding of hands, hugs, and touching of feet or hair with young ladies. The behavior, he said, were not intended to be sexual, but crossed the boundaries of discretion and violated trust in April 2014. Uh, the results of the IBLP probe were released. The organization concludes that Gothard acted inappropriately, but not criminally. And that was in June of 2014. May of 2015, after Josh Duggar's molestation transgressions as a teen come to light, an in-touch story reports that he was treated at an IBLP facility, putting a spotlight on the organization. IBLP announces that it's relocating its headquarters from Hinsdale to its facility in Sandy, Texas, and that's in 2015. Karis Baker and four other women sue IBLP, alleging that it enabled and covered up sexual abuse and harassment of staffers dating back as far as 1992. That was in October 2015. They actually show a picture of Karis Baker, or Barker, I'm sorry, and she's the only non-blonde so far. January 2016, five more women joined the suit, which adds Gothard as a defendant. They claim that they were victims of inappropriate and unauthorized touching while working at the organization. Eventually, the total number of plaintiffs reaches 18. In March of 2016, Gothard and the IBLP file motions to dismiss the lawsuit on technical grounds, claiming, among other things, that the statute of limitations has expired on the plaintiff's allegations. All right. That looks like it is it for this particular story. All right, uh, but here is the story from the New York Post. And it looks like this was just from, okay. Uh, so this is from May 31st, 2022. I lived in an ultra-religious cult where being sick 
was God's punishment. A 28-year-old woman who was raised in an ultra-religious Christian cult has been sharing her story on TikTok. Elizabeth Hunter was raised by her adoptive parents in Texas in an organization called the Institute of Basic Life Principles and its homeschooling arm, the Advanced Training Institute. Now, here's what's funny about ATI, or at least that part of this story. According to IBLP, and according to other people involved in the organization of IBLP, ATI was shut down because of the allegations that keep coming up about you know, the, the sexual harassment and things of that nature. But you, everything you hear says that ATI is still around. The conservative ministry founded by Bill Gothard made and made popular by reality TV stars Jim Bob. There it is, Jim Bob. Ding, ding, ding. And Michelle Got- Duggar included teachings that rely on conservative Christian principles, some of which can be perceived as extreme. On her TikTok and Instagram, Hunter explains the strict rules she grew up with and how she eventually realized her family was part of what she says is a cult. I'm going to get rid of this scene because it is screwing stuff up. Or actually... Nope, we're going to get rid of it. Hold on. Let's see here. Uh, Hunter explains the strict rules she grew up with and how she eventually realized her family was part of what she says is a cult. Hunter was abandoned by her biological parents when she was three and spent several years in and out of foster homes. Once her parents took her, once her new parents took her in at nine years old, They raised her with rigid IBLP-endorsed restrictions. Whatever your dad said was absolute law, and you had to do whatever your dad wanted you to do, (coughs) or you were disobeying God himself. There was no TV in our house. We were not allowed to watch movies or television shows. We weren't allowed to listen to any contemporary or non-Christian music. I was not allowed to cut my hair was not allowed to wear makeup. Hunter was also forbidden from wearing clothes with words on them because her mother felt they drew attention to her body. She said she also couldn't wear anything green, simply because her father didn't like the color. In one video, the avid reader lists the books that she was banned from reading, including The Bridge to Terabithia. It has the word hell in it. An American Girl Meet Felicity book collection. Felicity is too independent and lies to her parents. Whenever she got sick, her mother told her, God is punishing you because you've gone out from the umbrella of protection. This is why you're sick. You must have done something to be punished. As a young girl, she was taught how to bake bread, sew, and play the piano in order to be a good wife. By the time she was 17, her parents had her thinking about marriage, although she wasn't allowed to flirt or date because her her father would choose her husband. As is common in the IBLP, Hunter was tasked with raising 
and homeschooling her younger siblings. Many IBLP members do not earn college degrees, but Hunter convinced her parents to allow her to get a degree in education to better teach her siblings and future children. She was 22 when she enrolled in Bob's, Bob Jones University, a non-denominational Christian school in South Carolina that had been ranked as the country's most conservative college. During her sophomore year through therapy, she realized she was raised in a cult. I did not know I was in a cult until I was a sophomore in college and was taking, talking to my therapist. I, I was explaining that my parents used the Duggar buddy system to discipline me and my sister. If it weren't bad enough that my parents were having me parent my younger sister, when my younger sister fought against, against it and would refuse to hang, hang out beside me, my parents got a rope and tied us together. When I told that story to my therapist, she looked at me and said, Elizabeth, not only is that child abuse, but your parents are part of a cult. And as it, it, and it just dawned on me, and I was like, oh yeah. You're right. After coming to her first realization, she came, also came to terms with her sexuality and came out as gay. She was outed by her college and nearly kicked out during her senior year, which led her to sue the Federal Department of Education for allowing legal discrimination at Christian schools. The lawsuit remains on, ongoing. Hunter has since broken away from IBLP and now is now working as, as a TV news writer in TV news as a writer and digital creator. Her first novel, Hearts of Clay and Tempest, a retelling of the Little uh, retelling of Little Mermaid, will be released on June 14th. She continues to share insights into her traumatic childhood and subsequent recovery to help others through their hardships. Hunter also speaks out about the dangers of rehoming. When she went to enroll her sister in public school, she learned that she had been rehomed and was never legally adopted by the people she called her parents. My legal guardians drove me to a home. Unloaded my one backpack full of things and then drove off. For the rest of my life, I believed I was adopted by my mom and dad. I told people that. I thought they were my parents. Nine-year-old me thought I was adopted. Sorry, I got a phone call. I had to ignore it. Uh, when I was rehomed at age nine, I thought I was adopted. Within two weeks, my parents told me I had asked to call them mom and dad. She said, I remember being so happy that somebody wanted me, wanted to be my mom and dad, because from the age of three to nine, I, everybody told me plainly, I'm not your mom, I'm not your dad. And these were the first people that were like, yeah, you can call us mom and dad. So it is hard to let go of that. Even though I w thought they were abusive and wrong in many ways, she explained, I know that they still loved us even though they did not do right by us completely. They are the only parents I have. 
some of the comments here on this post are kind of disgusting. Uh, th- like this one from a member named BB. Just another nobody trying to cash in, but she's so ugly, no one cares. Um, it sounds like the Communist Conservative Party to me. The CPP demands the CCP demands its members unconditionally support their local pig department while the pigs assault you as your children are being murdered. Uh, what does that have to do with anything with this story? Uh, I don't know. But there you have it. There's a lot about this um, new version of the cult of personality. We're moving on from Scientology, and now we have the IBLP and how they are pretty much raising what could be the newest generation of sexual assault and even pedophiles. And as you can see, the man that ran the organization is a pedophile himself with the way that he treated some of his female members. But that's going to do it for Money's Crazy Mind this week. I want to thank everybody for joining us again this week. Um, you know, there it is. We're back. We're back on video. Two more weeks of pre-tape, and then we go back to being live. I can't wait to be back live with all of you guys, reading all the comments live on the air. But like I said, if you guys want to check out last week's audio-only episode, you can do that at all of the great locations where you can find Money's Crazy Mind, or just go to the website, podpage.com forward slash money's dash crazy dash mind. But until next week, everybody, have a week, and stay safe out there. Money's Crazy Mind is a proud Redline Media Group and nameless, faceless production. That's all, folks.